Our God is an awesome God. Amen. And uh, praise the Lord. And the same God that worked in our young people's lives is the same God we serve today. Amen. So, uh, some special things happened. They did. I think one of the reasons because I was able to leave the world behind and uh, phones and games and music and TV and movies and all that stuff was left behind and they listened to the word of God. Um, they lived in the right way. That was our theme for the week. Here am I and Lord do with me as you will. And uh, when you let the Lord be the Lord of your life, great things will always come. And uh, he is Lord. He is the Lord. And I believe that every one of us, when we walked in this auditorium, if we were asked a question before we walked in, do you believe that Jesus is Lord? I believe everyone would answer with a yes. To the best of my knowledge, I don't think anyone would have said otherwise. And I would say the same. But a lot of times we have a problem in a lot of churches today, and I use that term very loosely, um, that a lot of people are sitting in churches today, and they'll say he's Lord, but he simply isn't in their life. They say it. It's easy to say. But is he Lord? And in Luke chapter number 6, the Lord kind of addresses this. Look in verse number 46 in Luke chapter number 6. It says this in Luke 6 verse 46. Let's go ahead and stand as we read our scriptures this morning, right? And uh, look and then we'll pray. But look at these verses with me quickly, please. Verse number 46. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? He is like a man which built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock and when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house, and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. He that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built an house upon the earth, against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. Father, I pray that, Lord, you just please use your word today and speak to our hearts. Lord, we stand in honor of you and your word this morning. And Lord, we love you, and I pray that you would speak to us as only, only you can. May the Spirit of God be our teacher, our comforter, our exhorter, our rebuker, our edifier, whatever our spiritual needs are this morning. I pray that he would work his perfect will, Lord, in each of our lives. And Lord, I yield myself to you, and I ask you, Lord, humbly, Lord, that you would just uh, use, Lord, these next few minutes to lift up your Son and to preach truth. Lord, may any word that comes out of my mouth be directed by you, yield my tongue to you, myself to you, and I just pray that, Lord, you just be with us now and meet amongst us. In your name I do pray. Amen. Thank you, and be seated. I want you to consider a couple of things quickly this morning. Number one, in this passage of Scripture, I want you to consider and see the problem. The problem's in verse number 46. He says, And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? The Lord says, we have an issue here. And that issue is that there are those who will call me or him Lord and not do what he says. That is lying. That's using his name in vain. 
You remember I, I warned everybody at the uh, Super Bowl. I don't know if you remember that. I didn't make a big deal out of it, but I warned you. Remember that Sunday morning? Go back and listen to it, all right? I warned you because they were making a big deal how both of these starting quarterbacks were Christians. And I said, it's, I said, the sad part is they're making a big deal out of this, and then after this Super Bowl, you watch as they do things that no Christian ought to do. And go back and read the news. Their little parade celebration, this Christian quarterback. There's articles written about what a bad example he was to the young people and downing all their beer and drinking and his words that he said. But right after the Super Bowl, everybody says, I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Right? Me, you've heard that. You're all staring at me like I'm speaking weird things. You heard every time anybody ever wins anything. You can say Lord all you want to, but if you're not following his word, he's not Lord in your life. I mean, they, we can say whatever. And that happens all the time, and, and we can take a step back and say, yeah, I'll tell you what, those athletes, shame on them. But there are all kinds of people who profess the Lord Jesus Christ sitting in churches today who are doing the exact same thing. Singing songs about the Lord, serving the Lord in the service of the King, and lifting up our voices only to go and live how we want to live. You cannot cry out, He's Lord, and then continue in sin what God has said is wrong. In Matthew chapter number 7, the Lord said, There will be many in that day who will cry out, Lord, Lord, have we not done this and this and this in your name? And the Lord says, I never knew you. I mean, all of us in this room walked in today. He is Lord, and, and, uh, and he is Lord. But if we go out and live opposite, then all those are is just words, and quite honestly, using that name in vain. I mean, let's get it nitty-gritty for us, right? We can cry out, Lord, Lord. But if we don't tithe, you're joking yourself. Amen? We can cry out, Lord, Lord, but we're going to watch filth and listen to filth and talk about filth. You're using those words in vain. We can cry, Lord, Lord, but then we lay out a church and we don't attend church all the time. We can cry, Lord, Lord, and then put junk in front of us on a computer or a phone screen. We can cry, Lord, Lord, but we haven't had a time this week where you spent some time personally with the Lord. Well, is he Lord? I mean, the Lord said it in our text that this problem is simply this. Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? And if our first excuse is, yeah, but Brother Burke, look what all they do. We always point at the world as our reasoning why we're a whole lot better than they are, right? But if our first excuse is to point at other people for what they're doing, we have a serious heart problem. Well, I don't see anything wrong with it. Well, if it's in God's word, can I just give you a little Travis Burke advice right here, right? If it's in God's word and God's churches agree on it, and God's man is preaching what God's churches and God's word says, you probably should pay attention to those things. Now, man can be, a pastor can be mistaken, absolutely. 
But if God's word and God's churches agree on something, you better take heed. The problem is simply this. We don't want to. That's why the Lord talked in Matthew chapter 7. There's a broad way. And that broad way is leading to what? Destruction. But there's a narrow way. And few there be that find it. And there in that passage and, and that hope, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, he is speaking to believers. Go back and read it. He's speaking to his, he sat down and spoke to his disciples. And he speaks about these things. And you and I, we have got to take need that this, the right, God's way, if he's going to be Lord in our life, it is a narrow way. If you're going to walk with him being Lord of your life, you're going to be different than the world and, quite frankly, a lot of people that even say, Lord, Lord. Because this book is very narrow-minded when it comes to what is right and wrong. This book is right. Amen? This book is the truth. The problem is our lives, many times, we, we want a little bit of this or a little bit of that, to, just a little bit of alcohol, a little bit of perversions, pornography, lying, whatever the case may be. And we've got a serious problem that we cry out, Lord, Lord, but if he's not the Lord in our life, why are we saying these words? Now, that's what the Lord said. That's the problem. But I want you to see the process. How does this take place? In Luke chapter 6, verse number 47, the Lord explains how this happens. Whosoever cometh to me, and heareth my sayings, and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. Say, well, I, I don't want to be a pretender. I don't want to be a hypocrite. Neither do I. I want to live for the Lord. I want him truly to be Lord of my life. Well, the Lord talks about the process, the steps to take to truly not just say it, but live it. And the first thing is this. We have to, number one, it starts simply with this, coming to the Lord says, whosoever cometh to me. We can't possibly cry out that he is Lord of my life if you have not come to the Lord and accepted him as your Savior. The Bible teaches very clearly how we must come to the Lord. We, we come to the Lord humbly. Look over in John chapter number 6. We'll come right back here. But look at John chapter number 6. John 6 and in verse number 37. John 6 and verse number 37. John 6 and verse 37. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Number one, we have to come to the Lord humbly. We come to him and praise the Lord. There's a promise in the scriptures that when we go to the Lord... As the Lord said, with a childlike faith, when we come to the Lord believing, he will in no wise cast us out. I am so thankful that anyone who's ever come to the Lord in faith and repentance, God has never turned them away. It starts with salvation. We must come to the Lord and salvation is us recognizing who we are. We are, let's face it, we're sinners. We are sinners. Um, you and I, there's, the Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. And I, and I know we preach this repeatedly, 
but that's because we are to continue to preach the gospel. Every one of us are sinners. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everybody with me? Anyone not a sinner in the room, please raise your hand, and I will prove it that you are, because you just lied. All right? All right. We're all sinners. Brother Joshua, are you a sinner? Yeah, big time, huh, Brady? Yeah, so yeah, all right? We're all sinners. Because of our sin, the Bible says that we deserve an eternal separation from God. I have sinned, you have sinned, and because of our sin, the wages of sin is death, an eternal separation from God. And if that's all I had to say, we'd all be in a very, very terrible place. But the gift of God's eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There are some here today that maybe you're trying to figure all this out. The, the gospel is not a difficult, praise the Lord for that, there is simplicity in Christ. And it is simply this, that I am a sinner, and because of my sin, I deserve eternal separation from God. But God in heaven loved us so much, he sent his son to die for us. His son was the only one who could die for our sins, and because he's the only one to ever walk on this earth who is perfect, he is holy, he is righteous, there is no blemish in him, and when he went to the cross, he's the only one who could die for our sins, and he who knew no sin became sin for us that day on the cross. And all of our sin was cast upon him. And that is why uh, the, the father, for the only time in all of eternity, had to turn his back upon his own son because he would not look upon him as he became sin. And I believe that's something that even mankind couldn't bear to look at. Everything went dark as the Lord took his sin upon, all of our sin upon himself. And Jesus died for our sins. And when he died, the Bible says he gave up the ghost. No one killed Jesus. No one, no one, no one took his life. He gave his life for us. And he gave his life. And when he cried out, it is finished. Our penalty for, for sin, the death penalty that was there, the eternal separation, the sacrifice that needed to be done, it was paid for. And praise the Lord, all of our sins have been covered on the cross of Calvary. And you and I can have salvation today because Jesus didn't stay in the grave. He arose from the grave. Amen. Three days later, he came out showing not only did he pay for our sins, but he conquered the penalty of our sin. Death did not have the reign. Our Lord Jesus Christ has the keys to death and hell. Amen. And he conquered that. And you and I can have that eternal life. The Bible says, for with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. Say, what must have happened? I must see that I'm a sinner. I must see that I deserve that eternal separation. I deserve hell. But I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins. And Lord, call out to you to be my Savior. There's not a prayer in the Bible you need to repeat. There's not a words that you need to go after. Because it's not about those things. It's about the heart believing upon the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. And if you've never put your faith in Christ, my friend, do that today. But we must come to him humbly. See, where's the humility? I can't get to heaven on my own. I can't work my way to heaven. I can't be a good enough person. The Bible makes it very clear. It is not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. 
For by grace are you saved through, uh, by, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. When we get to heaven, none of us are going to walk around patting ourselves on the back saying, look, we made it. We're all going to be singing the same song. Glory to the Lamb who was slain. He died for our sins. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Amen? I mean, come on, all right? Teenagers are amen and more than you are, all right? Amen. Praise the Lord, all right? He died for our sins. And we will cry out and praise his name for all of eternity for what Christ has done for us. I am thankful. That is why the Bible says that the moment that one sinner repents, there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels. Amen. You know why they're rejoicing? Because it's settled. They wouldn't rejoice if it wasn't settled. I mean, there'd be a lot of mood swings in heaven, right? Big time, right? You know, but praise the Lord, it's settled. And I must come to him in faith, humbly understanding that I can't do it of my own. It's only through Jesus Christ. And that we must come to the Lord. And now, thankfully, now that we're saved, if you're saved, say amen. amen. Isn't it a wonderful thing? It's glorious to be saved. Now we can go to the Lord in our time of need. The Bible says in Hebrews that we can boldly come to the, to the throne find grace and help in our time of need and I'm thankful today when he's Lord that we can run to him and he is Lord and we can find that grace and that door is open to us because we are we are his child you know, this week you know some of the girls that came from out of town from Pastor Ferguson's church we they stayed at my mom's house uh, my wife and I and the others my daughter and others with us we took them back to my mom's house and you know one thing I never did I never knocked on the door I just walked in every time say it's not your house I didn't knock on the door just walked right I never knock on my mom's door I always push the secret code to open the garage which I'm not telling you and I push the secret code and the garage opens and I just walk in and she'll say who is it she asked it it's either me Rachel or one of the grandkids I guess my wife does it too, but hopefully it's us, right? Yeah, right? She knows it's one of us because we have access. I've told you before, when my office door is shut and the shades are pulled down, that means we're studying and we're praying. It has to be an emergency for Miss Lee to knock on the door, right? And, uh, and uh, you know, but Hope walks right in. My wife will walk in because they know they can. They have access. You and I, and I'm thankful for this, we have access to the Lord. When it says we can come boldly, it doesn't mean pridefully. It means we have no fear. He enjoys our presence. He wants us to be there. And we can come boldly to the throne of grace find that help that we need but we must come hum we must come humbly to the lord we also must we ought to as believers come to the lord hungry we're in john look at john chapter 6 and verse number 35 john 6 verse 35 and jesus saith unto them i am the bread of life he that cometh to me shall never hunger he that believeth on me shall never thirst if we want now listen if we want for him to be Lord in our life, we need to go to him for salvation, go to him in our time of need, but go to him hungry. 
That's one of our great issues is we come to church to do church, but we don't come asking God to feed us. Open up your Bible every day and ask the Lord to teach you. Ask him to show us what we need. And then follow that. Go back to our text in Luke chapter number 6 and in verse number 47. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth these, my sayings and doeth them. You and I need to come to the Lord. And then I wrote this as my outline. Come to the Lord there in verse number 47. But then catch what he says. And heareth my sayings. You know what makes all the difference in our Christian life? Is that you don't just sit in church and no church is going on, but you're listening. You hear it. I preached on this at camp this past week because our, our theme was here it was Samuel there, first Samuel chapter three and verse number four. Here am I. When the Lord's voice was speaking. And we, we preached on that and that theme throughout the entire week. But the reality is this, that and we talked about this on, on Thursday, that a lot of people, their ears are there, but they don't hear it. They don't hear it because they, 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 they're, they're so, they're, their mind is focused on other things. Their, their life has got so, so much filth in it. And I think that's why it takes a few days normally, even at a camp situation, to chisel some things away because we were so distracted. Or we could become, as the Bible says, they're so stiff-necked or hard-necked that we don't want to hear these other things. When we come in the presence of the Lord, when we open up His Word, when we sit in God's house, we should desperately want to hear from the Lord. We should desperately want God to speak to us. And if all we do is sit around and we get as far back as we can and we, we look at every other... And again, I, I'm, this is just a truth. I preached it to our young people and I, it's the same truth to preach to us. When we look for every excuse to get away as quick as we can, to miss as much as we can, to get as far back as we possibly can, to never want to hear God speak to us, you're not going to hear it. You've got to want it. You got to listen for it and ask God to speak to us. That's why I encourage people as we open up God's Word and in your personal life to memorize a few verses. You know, I'll cry out to the Lord before I pray, uh, before I read my, my Bible. Lord, open thou my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Make me to understand the way thy precepts. So shall I talk of thy wondrous works. Give me understanding and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. I want God to speak to me. You say, well, that's why I'm here. And praise the Lord. But a lot of times we backslide because we're in this presence and we're in the right place, and, but our ears are plugged. We get so distracted. So the Lord says, here's this process. Here's how, you know, I don't want you to just say my name. I want you to, to do what, the things that are right. And the process is that we have to come to the Lord and we have to catch what he says and then comply to what we've been told. In verse number 47, it says, heareth my sayings and, what's the next two words? Doeth them. We have to do what is taught from the word of God. Now, Say, this is the simplest message ever. Well, serving the Lord really is kind of simple. I mean, all we have to do, we have to, number one, come to the Lord. We need to listen, understand what He says, and want it, 
and then obey it. Now, that's the process. Now, the problem is, is that people aren't doing that. Process is simple, but I want you to see number three, what the Lord ends up showing us now. He says, let me show you the proof. Verse number 47, it says, I will show you to whom he is like. So the Lord says, let me, let me show you how you can see this. When someone is... Come to me, they cry out, Lord, Lord, they're listening to what I have to say, and they're doing it. Let me show you what that's like. Here, here's the one that does it. Verse number 47, verse 48, it says, He is like a man which built a house. He builds a house. It says there, He digged deep. He laid the foundation on a rock. He builds a house. Psalm 127 says, if we try to build a house on anything but the Lord, we do it in vain. But he's building a house. He digs deep. In other words, he's not just shallow, not just, you know, just enough to get by. I mean, he wants it. He's all in. He builds a house, he digs deep, and he lays a foundation. And no other foundation... Can man lay that is greater than the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. So this guy right here, he comes to the Lord. He, he, he wants it. He, he, he's building his house. He's digging deep. He's, he's listening and applying it. He lays the foundation. He, he knows what he's doing. And then what happens to him in verse 48? The Bible says a flood arose and a stream beat vehemently upon the house. But he couldn't shake it. The house stood. Don't you all want to sing the little kid song right now? The wise man, right? But what about the person that cries, Lord, Lord, but didn't do these things? The Bible says in verse number 49, he that heareth and doeth not. So here's the guy that says, Lord, Lord, but he doesn't do the things that he's right to do. He's like a man that without a foundation... Build a house on the earth. I want you to notice real quick, he's trying to build the same thing the other guy's doing. They're both building a house. They're both busy trying to build something. They're both wanting the same thing. And I know I've gone through a lot of simple things, but I'm trying to get us to this point. In this auditorium today, there's all of us, we want to build our house. We want to live our life. We want, I mean, how many of us, you know, are dreaming right now? You know, Daniel's engaged now. Hi, Daniel. Still engaged? All right, good. All right. <laughs> Daniel just got engaged. I doubt Daniel's sitting here saying, boy, I hope that our house totally falls apart. I hope that, that things just don't go well. Constant fighting, arguing, distress, broken fellowship. Is that what you're looking forward to? Not at all, right? Not at all. Everyone is in this, every one of us in this room, we want we want we, you want a good life, right? You want a good marriage. I mean we, we want to build our house. We want to, you know, be successful. 
We, we want to please the Lord. We want to have all the, the blessings and, and the benefits. And, and we want all these things. And I want all these things. I want God's blessing upon my home. I want God's blessing upon my family. I want God's blessing upon my life. I want God's blessing upon my church. I, wa- I want to see God work in my life. I want to see God work in my children. I want to have a wonderful relationship with my wife. I, I want to-, to-, to have a wonderful relationship with my children. I want to hear our laughter in our home continue. I want to hear us singing together. I want to hear us, you know, all the things that, that-, 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 that where God just shows himself in a mighty way it's a wonderful life I want those things and everybody in this room I think no one's sitting here saying boy I'm really hoping the devil destroys my home I mean none of us want that but there are two types of people in this room all of us are crying Lord Lord but some are coming to him and listening and wanting it and digging deep and building our house but building up on a foundation Others are coming wanting all the blessings and trying to build a house, same kind of house everybody else has. But I'm not, all, I'm not that much in. I'm not going to go that far. That seems a little excessive. That guy's been digging and digging and digging and digging. There's two types of people. There's two types of homes. There's two types of families. There are those who are saying, speak, Lord, I'm listening. Here am I. Whatever you want, whatever you say, I just want it. I want more. I want to grow. I want to dig deep. I want to build on this foundation. I want my home to please the Lord. I want my house to please the Lord. I want my family to please the Lord. I want a wonderful relationship with my wife. I want a wonderful relationship with my children. I think everybody wants that, but the two types of people are those who are saying, but I'm willing to do whatever you say. Because if we're not all in, we may try to build the same house. But you see what happens. Against which the stream did heat, did beat vehemently. And immediately in verse 49, what happened to that guy's house? And the ruin of that house was great. Everybody look at me as I wrap this up. The same storms came. Same storm. Well, I mean, I'm trying to live my life, but I, you know, Brother Joshua and Miss Bree haven't gone through what we've gone through. They're going to face the same life that you're facing. They're going to have storms just like you're going to have storms. The stream is going to beat vehemently on them just like it does you. I've got a wonderful relationship with my wife. We just celebrated 26 years this past week with all the campers, man. Talk about romantic anniversaries with 60 teenagers, man. It's awesome, right? You know, and and we're excited because we looked at next year's calendar. For the first time ever, our anniversary is not the week of camp. Oh, we're going to White Castle, right? It's going to be awesome. I got a wonderful relationship. I got a wonderful relationship with my children. I mean, Hope, we were walking into Costco. She walked up. She held my hand walking in. 
except she always likes to put her thumb on top of mine, and I tell her that's not the way it works, all right? And we, we're working on that, right? And uh, she came last night and hugged me before she went to bed and kissed me on the right there and said, love you, love, love you. Thankful. Our home's been hit with some serious storms, just like yours. And I'm thankful, and the only thing that I can say today and how, why we have a great relationship and why our family is close and why we've been able to get through these storms is because, and I'll just brag on my wife, when she was 14, you know, you know one of the first things why I knew God wanted me to be interested in her? He had this little green Bible. Remember our green Bible, Melissa? Right. It's little, it snapped on the front, little green Bible. And, you know, when I met her, what, were we 17 when I met you? Yeah, something like that. And uh, I looked at that little Bible. And that Bible, I mean, it was tore up. Like this pages, I think First Timothy fell out. I mean, she was like sticking it in there. And when she'd open it, I wasn't sitting by her yet, but I was peeking over it, right? Scriptures underlined, notes pages wrinkled and I knew that's the kind of lady that I want to be around that was digging deep she still does you see if me and her we can want to build a great house but if we're not all in and we're not listening to what God has to say and wanting to do what God has to say, great will be the ruin of it. If I quit or she quits, great will be the ruin of it. And I'm only bragging on the Lord Jesus Christ today because that is the foundation that holds it together. problem is we have so many people sitting in churches that want all the blessings that are talked about in the Bible, but none of the responsibility. I want, a, I want a strong home. I want my house to be filled with laughter. I want my house to be filled with song. I want my, I, all of our relationships to be great. You can't have it if you're not digging deep. If you're not building everything on the foundation. The only difference in these two storms that I saw, for whatever it's worth, is in verse number 48, that wise man, as we know him to be, he notices the flood rising. It may not mean much, but he notices the flood rising. And I believe that God prepares his children. Brother Chittam testified in Sunday school class that this year has been an awesome year. He's like, things have just been wonderful. Praise the Lord. Man, I love those days. But I also know there have been struggles, hard times. And I believe the Lord prepares us for that. The storms are going to come. The wise man, and we all notice, he stood because he was founded upon a rock. I think the foolish, they don't see the flood rising. And here's the words that you always hear from the foolish. 
they looking at me already? This is the difference here. Is that I always hear from those who aren't all in, aren't trying to surrender to all that God wants. I always say words like this. Why did this happen to me? I don't understand what happened. When destruction comes, things begin to fall apart and there's great ruin. Bottom line is this. All of us say, Lord, Lord, today. I think everyone knows he's Lord. If you want the blessings and you want the, the house built and you want all those things that you read about in the Bible for the home and for the family and for the church and for the life, you can't just say he's Lord. You have to live that way. You can't just say, yes, Lord, Lord, and then decide, I ain't going back tonight. He's Lord, Lord. I, I, I know what the Bible says, but I'm not doing that. And then we get all frustrated at, I'm in church. Why are things falling apart? There's only one way. God's way. If you don't build on that foundation, you can cry, Lord, Lord, all we want to. But I've never met anyone, and this is a very 48 years of life, but in the ministry all my life with my parents and grandparents, I've never met anyone who came to the Lord, wanted what God's word said, dug deep in it and built their home and life on this foundation didn't, did not have anything except blessings and rejoicing. There were storms. There were streams that beat vehemently on our house. There were dark times. There's a, a storm rolling in the night. Have you heard that? I've had storms in my life, in my family's life, in my wife's life. But the foundation of God standeth sure. So many want all the blessings without doing it God's way. This is God's words. That's a foolish man. It won't work. I want to challenge every dad. I want to challenge every husband. I want to challenge every mom and wife. And I want to challenge every young person and young adult. If you want all these blessings, don't just say he's Lord. Follow him as Lord.